All right, we are ready. It's the Brian and Kendra Show. It's January 11th, and we're going to get this uh, year a rolling. We're far enough in the year. People have already quit their New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions. I think, like, January the 14th or 15th is National Quit Your Resolution Day or something. Okay, so we might still be on them. (laughs) (laughs) Right, that's what I meant. I think you shouldn't even start until February 1st. You guys are still doing great with resolutions. For real, kind of. Yeah. I think or, it would help. Or start them in December. So by January 1, you've already practiced the ones you want oh, to do. there you go. Practice. That way, when January 1 <laughs> comes around, you're like, well, I failed at that, I failed at that, I failed at that. I'm still doing this one, sleeping in till 9. We'll just keep doing that one. <laughs> <laughs> you'll know which one will stick, so yeah. then you'll have a success rate. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I've, I've not really been ever a, a resolution New Year's resolution guy. I'm a, I want to change now. And so I just do it now. I used to kind of try to evaluate around my birthday what what I should be working on to do a birthday resolution. Mm-hmm. I'm not really much of a New Year's resolution. Yeah. I forgot last year. So sorry, y'all. <laughs> yeah. I resolve to <laughs> Have not. Have to wait till September. Resolve to not resolve anything. I think it's still a resolution. <laughs> oh, that is. But okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so, like, I'm not saying a word. Just yeah. said one. <laughs> so the same thing. So today we're talking about budgeting. So last week we had Doug Haynes yes. on the show, mm-hmm. um, which is incredible and such great information and a great reminder of, of what has been. And um, then you shared a little bit of a forecast of what you think is coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the real ticket right now with having had these incredible interest rates as low as the twos, um, a lot of people in the threes and the fours, those were beautiful. Those yep. were beautiful. But it's kind of unrealistic, as as we now know, and moving forward. So then how do we buy a home? So we wanted to talk about budgeting. And since we are still new, and you can begin a resolution at any time. Anytime. Anytime. We wanted to talk about budgeting. And this is this is not my strong suit. I don't... You like the idea of a budget, but I don't know if you actually follow a budget. I... Well, it depends on... Um, depends on how tight money is. Yeah, it depends on how tight money is. When money gets tight, it's you. the budget comes out. And if, if you would run... If I would live on a budget all the time... There'd be so much more savings. I'd have more savings, but it's... Um, yeah, I just don't. Every, I mean, when money gets tight... Well, I mean, I can go through right. um, my kids' budgets and we talk about... Um, like Ashton was here over Christmas and we was discussing like... Okay, so if you'll do this here and this here and this here and then by sure. whatever time, oh, everything will be fine by then. So, yes. Yeah. But if you have extra, well, the budget's... It's a lot harder to limit yourself when you have a surplus. Yes. But the idea is that if we limit ourselves, then that surplus becomes greater and then we can really do something with it. Right. So, we have. I have this discussion with my son all the time. I, I need. I want you to live in a budget. I want you to live on a budget. This is your budget. This is what you have. This is where we are putting your money, because he's not quite hundred percent independent yet. And it's really interesting because I can tell that he still isn't quite catching on to this idea. But the places that he spends his money, like if I could show him this money would buy you this later, I, I think. But I don't know how to show him the big picture. I don't think he's alone. No, it's hard to deprive myself today. Of a fancy coffee. Okay, that's not hard. It's hard for me to deprive myself today of that $2 ice drink at the convenience store and the 50-cent cup of ice in order to wait and save the money for the vacation. Right. And 
It's just two fifty. Right, it's just but it makes the difference over the time. That reminds me of that book that you know Darren Hardy wrote, some success magazine or something, and he's right. written several books. The mm-hmm. Compound Effect. Like I made my yes. oldest two girls read that Compound Effect because <laughs> it does their hearts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it compounds like two fifty a day. Right. You know, ten days is twenty five dollars. Uh, you know, forty days is a hundred dollars. You do that all year; it's a lot of dollars. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, it's. And this isn't about depriving yourself of everything that gives you joy. It's no, it's not. Okay, and I'm glad that you said that because I don't know if I've told you this story. I probably have, but um, back in the early years when I was married, before um, the kids' dad and I had decided we wanted to do the Dave Ramsey thing. And so we'd gone to the Dave Ramsey classes and we were supposed to be working on our zero balance budget. Um, and I mean, that's, I think that's one of the things, like, I don't think I'm a zero balance budget kind of girl. I am not going to get down to the, to the tiniest penny. I'm just really not that detailed. And I just don't really care. He was all in. Unfortunately, the only time that we had to get together to do that was like at 9.30 at night, and my bedtime is 9.47. So I would, I remember well sitting on the couch one night looking at this budget and getting down to the nitty-gritty, and I, I remember I was getting frustrated, and I finally said, here, just give me that. And so I just made up math, and I put a zero at the bottom, and I said, here, we're done. And I went to bed. I really actually thought I had done it. The next morning, he goes, I need you to review your numbers. I'm like, who did this? <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? I just made stuff up. Yeah. Well, it's a zero now. It's close. It's, it's fine. close. Six minus four is zero. I think that there, but I think that was one of the things that I was struggling with is I felt like we had, um, and we had really lived so tight with money. And for the first time in a long time, we had a little bit of extra. And I thought, oh, it's finally my turn. I finally get to do something fun with some money. And then I felt like I wasn't going to get to because. In our zero balance budget, we really didn't have any fun for me. And I think that's part of the trick is there still has to be a little bit of a reward. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I need to be rewarded for spending my money right. I have to figure out how to make that work on the budget. Yep. Yes. So this is not deprivation to be miserable. No. (laughs) I mean, sometimes it is miserable. It is. I think it is at first. Yeah. I think getting used to it is miserable and Mm -hmm. it stinks. I don't like it. We're... Um, Jack and I are reworking budgets now, and and I think this is not fun for me. I've lived independently for a bit now, <laughs> and I've just done what I wanted, when I wanted, how I wanted, and yeah. everything has been beautiful. And I think, oh my gosh, I have to have a little more accountability now. Yeah, I've told. I mean, my 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 family's wanted to go on a, a bigger vacation than normal, um, and I said, well, it's going to be like a lot, and so we we need to add it to the budget. It's going to be. <laughs> Do they all cringe? <laughs> They're like, what? Yeah. Or everybody sell your cars. <laughs> oh, that's serious. Poor Bernice. I just uh, cried a little. Yeah. All right. So let's get going here. A budget is what? I think that's important too. We say the word all the time, but I don't think people really understand. The budget is just you telling your money where to go. Yes. Yep. Just a direction, a plan. Right. And see, this little definition says it's a plan for every dollar. Okay, so talk about that. I, okay, it comes back to surplus or no surplus. I mean, I was in a in a uh, I helped in a lady. Uh, went to our church, and she just got into a financial crunch. Um, they we met with an attorney about some other things, but while we were there, we went. And they asked me to come in and help with their budget, and I spelled out her budget to the penny 
first we was trying to figure out if she's going to have to file bankruptcy or not. Right. And so when I was drawing out her budget, like, hey, I think I think if you follow this plan, you know, in 45 days, you'll have $10 extra. And in right. 90 days, you know, we need to do this. And, and I remember calculating her miles per gallon in her car and telling her, mm-hmm. when you get back to Woodward from your job, you put $8 in your gas tank. Like, and then you'll have, you know, $7 to eat out this week. And like, it was like, right. it was every penny of her paycheck, we spelled it out after 90 days. Well, and then beneficially, we sold her car, which was a big, was a big one. Sure. And then we reworked her budget, but it took her like, I mean, she, she stayed on that sucker for six months. I mean, and of course, there were some ups and downs and flat tires and some weird things that popped up in the right. middle of all that. Always. That her parents and the people kicked in and helped. But but it, it's, a lot, it's a lot easier to help somebody when they're like, hey, I've, here's exactly where I spent all my money. And I got a $25 flat tire and I don't have $25. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, you're, Absolutely. you're doing fantastic. Here, let's help you. Right. And so, um, but if it was like, well, I'm sorry, I, I went and got me two ribeyes and I went out last night and... Now I have a flat. It is. It's a lot tougher, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? And and that's not a judgment call. It's just at some point we have to learn to be responsible for our own income and yeah. for our own. <clears throat> we just do. Oh man. And it's hard, and it's fun, not really fun to learn it. No. Frankly. No. But we have to learn to be responsible. All right. So budget is a plan for every dollar that you have. Um, I also think that there's a false expectation that once you start the budget, that everything will just get easy. And sometimes it takes a hot minute for things, for financial freedom to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's so many. It can un- take a couple of years, I think. Oh, man. And there's so many unknown variables. Oh, so my many. Goodness, yes. All right. So what do we do first? Okay. There's lots of plans and lots of options. Um, depends on on how tight your budget is um, and how you need to set it up. They basically say, I kind of see how this one's done here. Um goes to your income of your needs. This is a 50-30-20 rule. That's what they're calling that. Yes. So it's 50% goes to your needs. Your house, car, or your your shelter, security, food. So uh, transportation. So you cover all those things. So you cover how to get to work, uh, where you're going to sleep at night, utilities, food. Those are all your needs. That's the basic needs. 50% of your needs. And then the next 30% goes to... Well, it says once, but that's where it gets crazy. Is um, like your once could be could be the car. Like this yes. car's fine. Right. You could upgrade to a better car. Again, um, I'm a big fan of trying to not have a car payment. Right. Absolutely. Because cars are a depreciating asset. It's really hard to not do that. I don't know hardly. I don't know very many people that don't have car debt. Um, but it is one of my things that I'm like I. Once, once we got to that point, mm-hmm. it's so relieving to know that I can just drive this car and never have a payment until it falls apart um, and just keep maintaining it. But then you get your maintenance. But um, the other one on here, the, the, so the 30% is once vacations, eating out, things you don't have to have mm-hmm. to survive. And then this 20% is savings and debt repayment. The other one that's not on here, which is like... Giving and it's, right, it doesn't it, have charitable contributions on there. And this sounds crazy, but um, there's something about it. If if you're if you can budget in giving 
and you give, it's I think it helps your budget. I think it helps you help others, and then it all comes around. And and that's a different reward. I mean, that's an intrinsic reward. Mm-hmm. And, and we we see that um, last a couple of weeks ago, we were able to help with the Woodward Toy Drive. And that is always one that all of us leave just going, that was so cool. That was so cool. We'd love to be a part of that. Yesterday, um, I say yesterday, we're pre-recording, so really it was yesterday, but when this airs, it'll be a few weeks ago. Um, I helped Jack take care of some gifts that the um, that the Fraternal Order of Police in our Woodward, um, in Woodward, that they collect. And, and it was incredible to see the amount of gifts that people have given to help some children that may not have gotten anything. There is some deep, deep reward in charitable giving. And I so I agree. So how would you readjust the 50, 30, 20? Would you do 50, 30, 10, 10? Um, I'd probably take 50, 25, and then 25 goes into all this other stuff. So 15 savings in redebt, 10% giving. Gotcha. Okay, so here's what's tricky. Whenever I look at 50% needs and 30% wants or 25% wants, I don't, I don't know that there's really 25% of my budget that just goes to what I want. Like just paying my mortgage and my utilities and um, groceries for heaven's sake, at this point, I mean, they, I, we're not buying the fun stuff. It's just groceries to get by. Everything just costs more. Like I feel like I'm actually having to put a lot of my want budget back into my need budget. And, and so sometimes you have to do that. And again, like um, different circumstances, so we're having to learn to budget together. And, and I see that that'll change over time. But sometimes there's not a whole 25% for, for needs or wants. Sometimes you have to push that back into your, into your help me out with the words. Yes. Sometimes the wants have to go to the needs. Right. Well, and I think it comes back to <clears throat> define a want and define a need. Mm-hmm. Like if I go to the store and I buy a ribeye, I don't you got to have some that's, protein. That's a major want for I me. Have, I have to have protein. But I love steak. You know this. Yes. Like, I love steak. But I don't buy steak very often. Mm-mm. Like, I'm a, okay, I mean, if we're being real, I buy it on Father's Day for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I do. Mm. I just tell myself happy Father's Day, yeah. and I get myself a ribeye. Ribeye. <laughs> so I don't, I mean, like. I'm talking, it's, at this point, I don't even hardly buy ground beef because ground beef has gotten so much more it's expensive. It's way expensive, yeah. So we spend a lot of money on chicken, and, and and that's one of the things that you've read. Like, if you shop the outsides of the aisles, it's it's healthier for you. But it's also a little more costly. Mm-hmm. Well, eggs and meat and vegetables, when you start getting into the cans, it tends to be a little bit cheaper. Like, I could buy $2.50, $3.50 of green beans um, that are fresh, or I can spend a buck on a can. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It is cheaper, cheaper to buy the cans. I don't want canned vegetables. I want good green beans. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's a want versus a need. Yes. Right. I agree. And I think that's I think that's where that gets to um, our little quick trips to whatever we want to go to the movies or, or right. we wanna we wanna zip out of town and go look at a mountain, then even though it's like, oh, it's only gonna cost us fuel. No, it doesn't. Right. Wear and tear and fuel on your vehicle. Plus, then you're going to, you're going to stop and eat. And if you run into the quick stop and you grab $4 coffee or a candy mm-hmm. bar, that's way too high. Okay. So then we compare that. Like what you just said, sometimes we think this is a cheap way for entertainment, but really there's always still a little bit more that you're not factoring into. Mm-hmm. And you've got side gigs written over here on your page. If you're getting, if it's tight and you're having a hard time with your budget and you need to get a, a side gig or a second job to help get you over that hump and get you a little bit of surplus. 
I think this one is tricky. So my daughter does DoorDash. Your daughter did it for a while too, or yeah. still does? Still does off and on, yeah. I think that's one that's tricky. Like you've got to be really careful. Because you wear your vehicle out. Oh my goodness. I mean, I she's got 60,000 miles on her car that was new two years right. ago. And I was like, hey, you're, you're, um, you need to be putting money like every part of this money that you're doing DoorDash needs to go into your budget for your new car. Right. You don't have a car payment now. Exactly. So you're making money, but you're not. Because no. when you go buy the next $25,000 car, um, you're going to have a payment. So you've burned this whole car up. For some cash. For some cash. And I think the other tricky thing is if you get a side gig, you have to be super disciplined to put that side gig money where it needs to go to. Like, mm-hmm. I think sometimes we accidentally get the side gig and just blow that money and mm-hmm. don't really put that money into the budget for a specific purpose. Right. Like, I think you got to be careful with it. Yes. Well, and I think some people, I know some people that just do the side gig thing so they can take a big vacation every year. Right. That's the only reason and they I do it. I understand that. And I'm like, hey, that's, that gets, I mean, which is, all the money goes somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so, but if, if you're disciplined enough to go, hey, I'm just, I'm going to go make $200 a night. Speaking of side gig, I was talking to Dakota at Scissor Tails. Yes. And they're looking at potentially hiring some on-call waiters, waitresses. That is such a great idea. So, hey, we've 40 people just came in. How quick can you get here? I, it's almost similar like to the DoorDash thing. Yes. Except for no wear and tear in your car. But like telling Dakota, hey, I'm available from 5 o'clock tonight until 9 o'clock tonight. I'll be at the mm-hmm. house. I'll be ready, set to go. Mm-hmm. And he calls at 630 and says, oh, my gosh, we just got all these tables. And you're like, be there in 15. Right. It's brilliant. Right. And Absolutely can, brilliant. Right. Because, I mean, it, yeah, it's great. It's a great idea. I, I think it's I think that's some, clever. Let's talk some about some even. priorities. Priorities. Okay. Did I say that weird? Yep. Priorities. Priorities. All right, priority number one, start an emergency fund. How much do you recommend I put my emergency fund? Um, so it comes back to your expenses. I, I, um, I think it's more of, you know, um, so I still take care of my girls. Right. So my emergency fund's bigger than it should be because if something happens to one of them, I want to just make it happen. They're a long ways away. I can't. It's right. very expensive for me to go change a tire in right. South Texas. Right. So I have to call somebody, and then that's more expensive. And so, um, so circumstances might determine a bigger emergency budget. Right. But I think it needs to be. I mean, you need like. I really think you need a month's worth of in, in, income. So I think. Because it's like if you have a house, if you own your home. Oh man. If you own your home, at least a month. Yeah. If you own your home, then you need. I mean. Any any quick repair, uh, your water heater's thousand dollars. Heat and air repairs minimum like a thousand bucks. Septic system goes out. There's four or five thousand um, <laughs> just to suck the thing out. Six or eight hundred. Right. Um, and then, I mean, there's just um, you get a the plug in. I have a plug in that went out yesterday, which is weird. And so I'm I'm gonna call an electrician, and it's gonna be I mean it's two hundred fifty dollars. Right. And so it's it's um, generally a sizable amount of money. And if you own a car, each car you need. To make sure you have about enough to change a tire or a service call. I mean, so. Right. I mean, it's $200, $300 per car I would think you would need. So, it that emergency fund goes. Okay, so I think that's daunting for people that don't have any yes. savings at all. So, so Dave Ramsey used to, and I, I mean, I really felt like Lots so of many of his stuff. principles were incredible. 
I cannot do a zero balance budget, but everything else I'm like, dude, you're right on. So he says a thousand dollars emergency fund to get started. Yes. So and he even says, get this thousand dollars before you even start paying down your debt. Mm-hmm. Like that is the first priority. Because once you have that in your account, you're less likely to use a credit card to to work on an emergency. Get the, get that thousand dollars into your account, then start working on the debt. And then you'll be able to start putting more money into that emergency fund so that you have a month and then three months. And I think ultimately he did he suggest six months or was it just three months? I don't, I don't remember. It's three been a hot minute. Three months. And and that makes all the sense. Nathan was I didn't just look up at the wall and go, oh, three months. That was Nathan. He yeah. he said three. So I, I think that's brilliant. But first off, have a small emergency budget, get some debt paid off, build back up that emergency fund so that it really gets you through in case something happens and you're in trouble. Uh, next, priority number two. Yeah, I did not put this on here. I see that. <laughs> this is what I printed. <clears throat> what, what's a four hundred one k? Yeah, what's a four hundred one k? I printed this. I didn't. Um, I didn't like make this up to be yeah. like, hey, boss, I need you to match a four hundred one k. Priority number two is getting your employer to match your four hundred one k. So I've I've talked to some cust- some customers that have um, matching four hundred one k stuff, mm-hmm. and um, one of them said their their employer. Currently, mm-hmm. his son, 18, making $40 an hour in California, has $125 per day per diem. Oh, my. They match his 401k at like 6%. Mm-hmm. So $40 an hour every hour. If you put in six, they put in six. So you're making 24, you're making another $5 an hour. Like, holy cow. I think Richard and I were talking about this the other day. I think he had mentioned, had he done this versus this? And I thought, wow. So I've never had a job that had a 401k. Yep, me neither. Because real estate, um, so it's different now. But, I mean, whenever I was selling and I wasn't working in a situation like you and I are working, um, and you are contract laborer. Back then, I was contract laborer. Like, you're on your own. You, You make up your own savings, and you get your IRA or whatever the case would be. I I wish I had... I wish I had known how important that was back then. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and this is kind of the thing. Whenever you start out and you're 25 or whatever, life feels like it's forever. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, you're 40-something-ish, 46, <laughs> 46. <laughs> then all of a sudden, you're 46, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Life is, like, over half over. And, and then you realize you didn't save the way you were supposed to save. I, I, mean, I, I mean, me. I don't mean you. I mean me. Yeah. Well, so at 40, I finally got an IRA. And so I didn't have a whole lot to put in there, but it was enough to help me get started. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I, but I still haven't been great. I have not put in every year, probably every other year maybe mm-hmm. at this point. And that, that's like my new goal. That's my new goal is every year I've got to put that minimum in, that part that, I guess the maximum part is what I want to put in the six, I think it's 6,000 I can put in that isn't going to be taxable. Right. I, I've got to make sure I do that from now on. Yes. Like, I could say, I'm getting old, and 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 part of the deal. Is, so I'm a, I'm a heavy. I I believe in real estate. So all of my investments are in real estate, right? So um, I've even sat down with some investing people, and I'm like, here's what I'm doing. Here's what my stuff makes. Here's how much money my investments are making. And they're like, well, and it's hard to argue because they're making similar to what they were making. Sure, but I have control of mine, and it's what I like to do. Um, so it scares me to hand my money to somebody else and they have control of it. Maybe, maybe it's a control issue. And I think, I, I think, I think I feel, <laughs> I think I feel, <laughs> I, 
I feel safe with that because I know that's not my mindset. Mm -hmm. And so, and in the first conversation, I think I use, um, I just forgot his name, Chris. Carl Graham. Thank you. Um, Edward Jones. And and so the first time that we sat down, I was really in a panic. I'd just gone through the divorce and um, didn't have much at all and didn't really know how things were going to turn out with my children. I mean, is my son going to live with me for the rest of our lives? And I, I had no idea what to expect at that minute. And I felt like I have to play this as safe as I can because I didn't have anything to fall back on. And then, of course, within a year, I realized, oh, wait, I'm still the same worker I've always been. And seeing my son mature even more and more every single year. But Chris was very, very attuned to what I had said. And so even a couple years later, whenever we met again and just kind of briefly looked at a couple of things and and he said, I've got you in the most safest thing. And I said, well, I feel better now. So I think we can move to a more moderate risk, which could have a higher return. I'm never going to be a high risker. Never. But I feel like he did such a great job of listening to me. So I think that's what I want to say on this one. 401k or not 401k, whatever you have that's available to you, use it. Mm -hmm. If you don't have anything, get with a financial advisor and figure out what to do. Yes. But do it when you're young. Do it easy, yeah. If not, do it now. If I remember quick numbers, which I'm not... Don't quote you on this. Don't quote me on this. I mean, it's on the air. It's on the air. It's it's going to be be recorded. But but if I remember correctly, (laughs) if you put $1,000 in your retirement when you're 25, 40 years later, when you retire at 65... If you're, it's exactly. like twenty or twenty five thousand. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's like I mean it is exponential. And then I mean if you do that every year, like it's if you put a thousand dollars a year in for forty years, you're like, well, I can't be very much money. It's like two. It's like three or four hundred thousand dollars. Right. So, um, and that's not very much. I mean, right. so so, um, so yes. And then of course the the compounding interest is a. Wow, it is a. It builds and grows very, very, very quickly. Okay, we have to hurry because I got all okay. excited and we okay. talked too much on that. Toxic um, priority debt. three: toxic debt. <laughs> get rid of your credit cards. Well, I don't e- mean get rid of them. I mean pay them off. And yeah, don't cancel don't, them. Don't yet. get more balances on right. them. Right, and the other one is these payday loans. Payday loans. Oh God. Um, if you get into that debt, which we had, a, that's what my, my the girl was telling me. She got paid. She, it was a mess. Right. Um, it's a mess um, because they it it's a lot of interest fast. Now we know people are getting a huge bind and a and and sometimes that's your only option. Um, but if you get in that mess, that's that's priority one. Get out of that, and then credit yes. cards, and then the next. Okay, so toxic debt. Get rid of it. Um, and the rest of this, actually, it's funny because it just kind of keeps reiterating the things we've already talked about. Yep. I think debt repayment is is a huge thing. Um, it's hard. It's hard. It's a, it's a lot of work, and you have to really be diligent. But, man, the reward is so nice whenever yep. you finally have things paid off, and you go, oh, this is cool. And then you've got that savings account, so you don't have to rely on that anymore. Yeah. It's a really beautiful thing, and it can be done. It can be done. Right. And then we Let's want you, do it. We, we want to do it. And we want you to buy a house eventually. Some people, yes. some people are rent-only people. And, That's okay. And so I'm not, it's fine. We'll, and we'll help you with that budget. But if you buy a house today, and even if it's a 30-year payment, and then 30 years, when you're 30, you buy it, and you're 60, it's paid off. It, it's one of the number one wealth-transferring inheritance right. things you can do is your house. It is a, an investment. It is a savings. So. Absolutely. So, all that, some practical tips, valuable insights. We didn't talk a lot about real estate, but I think that this is the step that gets you able to do real estate. Yes. So, anyway, thanks so much for being here. 
Yep. Thanks for listening. It's the Brian Kendra Show. I'm Brian Cook, 580-334-2303. I'm Kendra Brown, 580-216-0090. We'll see you next time.